See, this is why we shouldn't live stream episodes. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week's bonus episode, The Meg. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. Ah, uh, once again, unfortunately, we've got no Alex with us today. He's Yay. moved on to a better place. Uh, nice, to be uh, precise. <laughs> but he'll be back next week. Boo. But in the meantime, just like The Meg, we open wide. <laughs> we, we are not using that we are not using that Dave maybe you... can you just speak for yourself rather than everyone? everybody knows I open wide I'm not even going to be bothered with it, an alternate tagline to be honest because when you've got gold like that as the main tagline you don't need to do you so just in case you've never heard this show before essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans including a caption contest a quiz some terrible xylophone playing some impressions and a lot of banter so please do stick around uh, just to warn people that if you haven't seen the meg why not but this i, I can think of a few reasons why not <laughs> shut up you <laughs> so uh, this is going to be a particularly spoilerific episode of the meg so you can either fast forward to our quiz or just come back at a later date once you have seen the meg now before we go on to the bulk of the show just to say that the last one-off bonus episode that we did was a review of The Incredibles 2. And Alex was playing the judge that week and he decided to place it on the shit list. Unfortunately, Alex is not here today to face the wrath of Austin. Yeah, he did leave us a message though, didn't he? He did. He did. What? Oh, I got it so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the Incredibles 2 is actually really good. He's gone Scottish. Is he on- <laughs> oh, no. He was watching Shrek all day as well, oh, so to get in the mood. So. He, he, he did, he did uh, say to me before he went on a holiday, though, that uh, I said, have you watched Incredibles 2 so we can kind of patch it in? And he said, no, but I reckon I got it on the right list. So, <laughs> fair hum- enough. Humble as ever. <laughs> anyway, before we do go on to the bulk of the show, why not have a little bit of news? <laughs> You know, uh, I, I was hoping you'd do Sharkin' George theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't bother uh, researching what the Meg's theme song was, so just went for the old tired Jaws one there. It's, anyway, it's pretty non-memorable, to be honest with you. Anyway. I remember it being fist-pumping, to be honest. <laughs> I remember in the cinema standing up and just applauding non-stop. <laughs> anyway, so here we go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. First off, Dave, you've got a bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got some to talk about. Um, the Oscars have just introduced a new category. Now, I know a lot of people don't really rate the Oscars. They think, oh, it's just for like your, your indie films or your, your slightly more esoteric films. So this award, basically, they're going to propose that they bring in a popular movie category, by which means that, you know, they can give the awards to the big box office gold of that year. You know, it's, 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 so it's, uh, it's an interesting one, really, but it's got quite a few people's backs up uh, in Hollywood, in the film industry and all over the world, really. A lot of people aren't really too thrilled that this, uh, it, this new award category could be introduced. They say it could deplete the importance of previous awards. And they also said, you know, it, I think someone really described it well when they said, look at last year when Get Out got nominated. And it's like, that was such a big deal because films in that genre don't normally get nominated for Best Picture. And they were saying if there was a popular award category, you know, I'm sure it would have been nominated for that. 
but would it therefore have missed out on getting a Best Picture nod as well? True, and yeah. they said Mad Max Fury Road, you know, it was a big deal when that got a Best Picture nod. Same sort of thing. So there are plenty of people with uh, criticisms to make of this. Yeah. What do you guys think of it, Joel? I like it, to be honest. I've, I've always kind of uh, downplayed the Oscars. I don't think it's very good at all. Because if you do make a category like that, then I fully understand the point that Dave's made there and it is completely valid. But then, you know, you look at something like... Uh, Infinity War, for example, that will never ever win an Oscar, will it? For like a, a picture, mm. um, but you know when you consider like the impact that that has had, and uh, you know the, the the earnings and all the performances and stuff like that, I don't think it deserves to be overlooked. So, or does it? Has it not made enough from what what you've just said? Then the fact that it's probably going to be go down in history as one of the most financially successful films of all time. Well, yeah, but then I, I think on the other hand, then you you can't just say. Oh, well, I played, you know, maybe somebody, you know, like the theory of everything, for example. Well, I played Stephen Hawking. So, you know, it's it's hard to compare the two films, but because I've played somebody with a handicap, for example, should I then get a shoe in for an Oscar? And I think that's a big criticism of the Oscars that, you know, when people go in for roles like that, like transgender, handicapped, whatever, that they always get a mention in in the Oscars. And I think... uh, Rather than someone who goes for a big... A big yeah. hitting, yeah, exactly. And character, for example, you know uh, Robert Downey Jr., who's who's done really well with with the character of Iron Man, for example. Does he not deserve some type of looking eventually? You know, that... but, but I think a lot, a lot of people are saying is he's walked away with a massive paycheck. I think a lot of people said about these producers of the big blockbuster films. It's like you know they've already got piles upon piles of money. Do they really need an award to help them sleep at night, or is it just kind but of? It's... Does that mean you you overlook you, just because a film's financially successful or you know it's a big hit, it's a big blockbuster? Does that take away like its cinematic qualities? Because that's what the Oscars are about, isn't it? It's meant to be things of you know cinematic in, beauty. In theory, they're, so they're the I'm peak. Told. <laughs> they're the peak of of you know cinema. All of those different categories. You win one of them, you were the best in that field that year. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you do a blockbuster, you you just automatically out of that. You know, you're not you're not going to get one. I suppose it gives comedy films a chance as well because yeah. in the past. They are the ones that are always overlooked. Well, because um, you look at the big blockbuster films, at least they earn a lot of money and a lot of acclaim. Comedy films, maybe not so much. And you can get sort of like indie comedy films where some of the actors put in really, really incredible performances. It's really well filmed, really beautifully directed. It's got a great story. But sometimes they're often overlooked at the Oscars as well because, oh, you know, it's just comedy. It's not going to really get anything, is it? So um, uh, one actor who's come out, come out and said to him, Oh yeah! Finally, this is some, this is a great piece of news. Is Mark Wahlberg? Um, so he uh, he was nominated for the fighter, wasn't he, for best actor? Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't get. And he, he said was, he was nominated for the Departed as well. I'm pretty sure oh, was he was out on that one as well. All yeah. right. So he says um, it's a bit tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, maybe I'll, I'll finally get an Oscar for this. And he was talking about his film Mile Twenty Two, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, maybe Mile Twenty Two will win the most popular one." I mean, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but you know, we'll see what happens there, Marky Mark. Yeah, it did come out the same year as Infinity War, so good luck to, <laughs> good luck to him. Well, I'd, I'd love it if uh, his brother got an Oscar. In, in the <laughs> well, one film that might be nominated is Mission Impossible Six, which I saw the other day, and that is my bit of news. A little hashtag no spoilers review of Mission Impossible Six. Um, I thought that it was it was very good to be honest. I really enjoyed it. I um. I thought it was the type of film that I would like to go and see in the cinema. Really fast-paced action, really great set pieces, really well choreographed, great fight scenes, great chase scenes, great cinematography. 
all in all, it's just exactly the type of film that you want to watch while you're at the cinema. One thing that did kind of put me off initially was the running time. It was about two and a half hours long, I think it was. And it is the longest Mission Impossible film, or the longest one in the franchise. Anyway, and I thought, is it going to drag a little bit? Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice it at all, to be honest. I think it was really well paced. Uh, I think the performances all around, very excellent. Um, the film kind of picks off from where the last one left off. So you have a lot of the cast returning. So Sean Harris is the main bad guy again in this one. Uh, he gives a great performance, just like the last one. One thing that did annoy me about it was I felt Rebecca Ferguson's role was slightly downplayed. In the last film, I thought she gave an incredible performance. And it was really great to see a really strong female character who was just like a proper kick-ass doing all her own stunts and just going in 100% and delivering a fantastic performance. In this film, her role was slightly diminished. I mean, it, it was she still had a, a very, very big role in the film, but there wasn't a lot of action set pieces. There wasn't a lot of chasing. There wasn't a lot of kind of doing their own stunts. And initially I was thinking, oh, that's really kind of uh, disappointing, especially considering so many people from the last film were involved in this, you know, the story writers, the director, the producers... And then I thought maybe it was because she was pregnant. And it turns out that she was. She was pregnant for about seven months of the filming. So that's understandable that she didn't do a lot of the own, her own stunts. Just got no staying power. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did think that overall in the film, very entertaining. And I thoroughly recommend anybody going to see it in the cinema, to be honest. So, high, high praise indeed. Was high. it spoiled by the trailer? Obviously the trailers are pretty long for that and quite action-packed. Did, uh, well, it's, uh, well, it's still enjoyable even if you've seen that? Oh, do you know one thing that we've spoken about before? is there was several bits in the trailer that actually weren't in the film. Oh, that's good. So so I was expecting, there's a scene in it where there's a plane, um, sorry, there's a helicopter and it's kind of going over f- farmland and I think it's about to crash into a car and like, it's kind of like nosediving essentially. That didn't appear in it. There's also a scene where Tom Cruise is in this big building in Paris and there's um, a massive crowd below him. It looks like they were at a cocktail party and he's hanging from a wire and then the wire snaps. That doesn't appear in the film either. So there are several kind of action set pieces that you're expecting to happen and then they don't happen. So maybe that kind of builds uh, th- th- this sort of yeah. kind of expectation. So they built, and, so built hype in the, in the, they've actually built hype in the, uh, in, the, in the trailers without having to ruin the story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I will say one thing though, Henry Cavall is not a good actor. But yeah. then, you know. He wants to be the next James Bond as well, doesn't he? Oh, he, put, he put his own name in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had to say that, yeah. did he? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so when he's not discrediting the Me Too movement, he's putting his name in the hat for James Bond as well. I just think the guy needs to, you know, take a serious break and reassess his life, to be honest. But, uh, you know, he, do, he does what he'd expect. He's, he's, he's there to kind of throw a few punches and, and look menacing, and he does that. But, God, he's, he's no Lawrence Olivier, is he? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about uh, recent films coming out, Joel, I think your piece of news was talking about a recent trailer for Simon Pegg's new film. Well, yeah, it was, but it kind of led me on to some other news, actually, which I'm going to mention both of them, um, just because one of them really annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> but but the So the trailer was uh, Slaughterhouse Rules, which is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They didn't direct it or write it. Uh, but they are both starring in it together. And the trailer is doesn't fill me with much promise, to be honest, but there is a lot of uh, kind of British talent, as is always the case with um, with these type of films. But the that kind of led me on to other news. Uh, when I was looking at this Simon Pegg news, it said, hey, this other Simon Pegg news. And he's apparently come it's out and said... Different Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> totally different guy. He's apparently come out and said that J.J. Abrams apparently had different plans for Ray's parentage 
before The Last Jedi. Oh, so right. so okay. it, it kind of confirms, you know, that um, Rian Johnson just came along and just shit on whatever J.J. Abrams had, had planned for that film. <laughs> Which, it, 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 everything I hear about this film now just angers me more and more. And it just kind of <laughs> confirms that there was no plan. And uh, that blows my mind, you know, to be honest, to have something as important as finishing off that trilogy and they've just got no plan. Yeah, he, had, he had bigger plans for Snoke as well, I think Simon Pegg said. <laughs> he oh, must have given like a little to-do list to Rian Johnson. As soon as he was out the door, Rian Johnson just starts tearing it up. Nobody tells me what to do. I, I like how no matter what piece of news we talk about, you always seem to turn it into a Last Jedi bashing <laughs> session. <laughs> anyway, so... The pain is still real. It's important work. <laughs> so because Alex is still not here, we've decided to forego our rock news because we only really do it to annoy him. Uh, but we are deciding to keep Alex's film feel but we've jazzed it up a little bit in his absence so this is Gav's film feels uh, got a little bit of a better intro as well <laughs> so uh, this week because it is a shark related film I wanted to ask you guys what is your favourite film that involves a shark that isn't yours <laughs> Dave um, yeah, you've taken Jaws Roy from me now um, <laughs> I've got. There was a film I saw fairly recently. Actually, I missed it when it came out. Um, the Shallows, which starred Blake Lively, it was kind of a, a survivalist sort of a shark drama. It was really good. I was really impressed. I went into that with very low expectations, but I was actually really surprised by it. Pleasantly surprised as well. Uh, she gave a great performance. I thought the effects were great. The story was pretty good. So uh, I'd, I'd say The Shallows is probably up there for me. All right. Okay. Sounds good, Joel. Um, probably. The one that kind of affected me the most, I don't think it's the best shark movie, but Open Water, right. for me, is just, like, absolutely terrifying. I always think, fuck, if that happened, that would probably be, like, my worst nightmare ever. Then, So, yeah, probably that one. I think that's, it sounds quite similar to The Shallows, is, is it? The Shallows is kind of based on... Uh, she's, she kind of hurts her legs, she's trapped on a, a bit of land, which is basically disappearing as the tide comes in, mm-hmm. and obviously she's getting circled, kind of hunted by a shark. Uh, it's like she can see land. Land's only maybe a few metres, well, a few tens of metres away, but she just can't get to it. Why? Whereas in open water, there is just, like, no sight of land whatsoever. Hence the title. Um, <laughs> but I, I just th- spelling it out for you. <laughs> I think with those two films as well, it's really a testament to the script writers and, and the story writers. I don't know if they're based on true stories, but the fact that you can have like an hour and a, and a half or two hour film that's based solely in a tiny little bit of um, hey. land. Hey. Or... <laughs> the cat was uh, going after us, our podcast snacks. Unlucky cat. Yeah, yeah. Unlucky, look, next time. I know, yeah. There's no way that cat's going to be eating a spicy peanut. <laughs> I'm not cleaning up after that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's testament that you can have such a captivating script that it's essentially just set in one location with one or two actors and it can keep your attention throughout the entirety of the film. Uh, Ozzy, what's your one? Uh, finding Nemo. <laughs> 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 I just really enjoy it. No, I mean, no, it's not primarily about sharks, but they've got a big part to play. You know? What's the shark called, Ozzy? No idea. Bruce. Fucking Bruce. Brucey. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I, just, I just really like it as a film. I read a, a um, kind of a, a synopsis for Finding Nemo, taken out of context, oh. and it's hilarious. It's like sort of a man um, sees his family murdered in front of his eyes, and he's left um, a, a one child who is um, 
it was disabled during the the attack then he loses the child and he goes on a search to find him and it's just like kind of <laughs> and then they went when the you know the reveal at the end was it was finding yeah. like, Fucking hell, yeah, it does sound so dark for a I'll, disney film doesn't i'll try it? and find that and include it in the show notes oh yeah yeah we're gonna do show notes from this episode on by the way just i'd let everyone know oh thanks so, uh, we're gonna up the up the production values even more what a man, and, uh, what, a man what a man what a man what a good man uh, my one is deep blue sea because it's just brilliant uh, and and awful but brilliantly is, awful is that the one with the clever sharks yes yeah. yes because ah, i was going to say deep blue sea but yeah. i couldn't think what it was called well you, well, you know yeah. me i love i love terrible films i love shark terrible films as well i could have said sand sharks i could have said my favourite one, which is Ghost Shark, which <laughs> is where a shark dies and then its ghost comes back to haunt people. But the thing with that is that it can come out of any part of water. So there's a scene where somebody turns on a tap and the ghost shark Fantastic. comes out of the tap. You bring this with you on every holiday, don't you? And we I never do. watch it. I do, yeah. We never, we never got around to watching it, have we? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, thank you very, very much for that, guys. Uh, so we're just moving on to the bulk of the show now. So if you've never heard the show before, we take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, mostly the films are taken out of the hat at random. Uh, this time we have gone to the cinema and we have seen The Meg. Uh, so we've taken all of the new releases and we put them in the hat and we picked one at random and it was the Meg. All of the roles are picked out of the hat at random and the role of the defence and trying to get this film placed on the prestigious hit list is my good self. In the role of defence and trying their best to get it placed on the shit list is going to be Captain Dave. Hello, Captain. Hi. Uh, in the role of character witness and basically lending their genuine opinion about the film to try and throw a bit of weight behind either side of the argument is Austin. Hello. Hello. And that means in the most important role this week is going to be Joel. And his role is the judge. And basically he's going to listen to the arguments put forward to him and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because he hasn't seen the film. So we're going to be trying to persuade him or dissuade him from watching it at the cinema. Mm -hmm. Uh, So without further hesitation, I think we should give our listeners a bit of an idea as to what this film is about and spin that wheel of impressions. Okay, so uh, the wheel has landed on your good self, Austin. Now, Austin's job here is to read out the synopsis of The Meg, but he's going to do it in the style of one of the characters or actors from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be pretty obvious, this one, guys. You, you reckon the state? It's got to be state. Mm. Okay, so Austin, if you've got the synopsis ready there. Yeah, yeah I've, got it. I've got the synopsis. Uh, I don't know if I can do a deep Cockney accent. After, after escaping in the tech by what he claims was a 70-foot shark. <laughs> Sounds a bit Australian. <laughs> Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't happening. That was You're quite, laughing, but you guys, awful. someone else, go on. You, you, you do it better. Uh, oh, the Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jason Statham. <laughs> Anybody else? Life's been half a Ray Winston. Statham is just kind of cockney and a bit gravelly, isn't it? Statham. <laughs> the Megalodon is it's Jason. It's Jason Statham. <laughs> I, think, I think mine was a bit more Bob Hoskins, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what we've come from now is we're all shit at it. Yeah, what yeah. Statham, harder than it looks. <laughs> Exactly, and that's my first point, to be honest. Uh, so, without further hesitation, Joel, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Um, I was good. Okay, Gav, let's go. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, I was, I was giving you this subtle off-air, off, uh, you know, sort of hint. Well, well I was going to say, whoever did the 
best Jason Statham impression could go first. But yeah, off I think go, I know. I think, I think we were all shit. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so, um, right, this film for me is the definition of an action blockbuster movie. This isn't a genre-defining piece, but it does breathe new life into shark films. Every shark film is always going to be compared to Jaws. It's inescapable, and Jaws was the original summer blockbuster. But over the years, shark films have become less big-budget and more B-movie, with the likes of, as I said before, Sand Sharks, Snow Sharks, and the Sharknado series. However, what this film does perfectly is it revives the old feel and original aesthetics of the original shark blockbuster film, but it maintains some of the silliness and campiness of those B-movie classics. And what you're left with is just a very, very fun action film that knows exactly what it is and isn't trying to be anything else. The film follows the crew of an underwater research facility called Mana One, who are exploring the bottom of the Marianas Trench. They discover a cloud of hyd- sorry, hydrogen sulfide, which is forming a thermocline. Uh, they go through this to explore a number of exciting new species until something large and mysterious attacks the submersible, causing it to lose contact with Manawan. Enter the Staith, a rescue diver who has retired after a previous rescue attempt resulted in two deaths after a similarly large creature attacked the hull. After years of people calling him crazy, he rescues the crew, identifies that the creature is the long-thought extinct Megalodon and escapes However, the creature follows them and all hell breaks loose as they try to capture it and prevent further destruction. Now, the action pieces in this film are tremendously well choreographed and they're well directed as well. The visuals are absolutely incredible, in particular the scenes in the Mariana Trench, which are just absolutely breathtaking, to be honest. Obviously, this film uses a great deal of CGI. I'm not going to deny that, but I was very impressed with the CGI. It didn't look out of place. It looked like it had been well spent. It looked like a lot of the budget essentially had been spent on the CGI and it was done very well but i was also very impressed by the practical effects that were involved as well there was a lot of kind of um actual use of you know these these submersibles and these ships and boats in the water and a lot of the cast and crew were doing their own swimming and there was a lot of action set pieces set in the water that weren't cgi'd uh, now, what originally starts off as a cat and mouse chase results in the capture of the Meg, and then it kind of is turned on its head. There's a surprising reveal of a second Meg, which just completely ramps up the action, and it commences a heart-pounding second half of the film. Now, the film never hides what it is. It, it, you know, it never tries to say that it's something else. It never tries to say that it's like this great love story or it's, you know, well-written script, uh, well-delivered dialogue. It just exactly is. It's one of those Ron Seal films where it's, you know what you're going to get, exactly what it says on the tin. And Ron it, Seal, fuck. <laughs> but instead, it fully embraces the absurdity of the situation. The action is absolutely exhilarating. The tension at times is palpable. The dialogue is punchy and there's a healthy amount of comedy injected into it as well. All in all, I thought it was just a thoroughly enjoyable action film that I'd highly recommend anybody to check out at the cinema while you can. Okay, Dave, have you got any answer to Gav's Ron Seal review? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things to say to it, actually. Gav, <laughs> Gav says that uh, this film knows exactly what it wants to be and doesn't try to be anything else. I think that's its biggest flaw. It doesn't quite know how to be what it wants to be. What it wants to be is, is a blockbuster shark movie, that is, without doubt. But it doesn't know how to go about it, and that is where it falls short. To my mind, there are two kinds of decent shark movies you got your type that are like the shallows or open water which are kind of survivalist dramas you know you get a good depth of character you get some real tension building moments you know sometimes less is more in terms of seeing your sharks or your special effects and then you've got your cheesy ones and these can still be great 
they can be fantastic. You know, your naff B movie schlock, loads of gore, loads of violence. You know, this is, and you know, you don't mind. The script may be terrible, the characters poorly written, but you don't mind because you just turned up to see a B movie shark film. This kind of tries to toe the line between these two genres. And I think that's where it goes wrong. It doesn't go too far enough to be a serious uh, survivalist shark movie. I mean, it was never going to be. Look at the premise of the plot. But then it doesn't go far enough to be a B-movie schlock fest. It's, it could have been. That's the, 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 the disappointing thing. It could have been. At one point, Eli Roth was down to direct this. Uh, it was, this film has been through development hell. Jan DeBont was in, I think, when they first got the rights to the film. Guillermo del Toro was down to produce at some point. Eli Roth was involved to direct. And he fell out with the studio and he got removed from the project because he wanted to turn this into a an R-rated, uh, seriously violent schlock film. And the studio said no. The studio said this would cost them uh, too much of the summer box office, said it needs to be a little bit more family-friendly, rend it back in. They fell out and Eli Roth left the project. Enter John Turteltaub, who has basically delivered a PG-13 shark movie. And I was surprised when I went to see it. There were a lot of kids in that audience, a lot of kids. And I thought... Killer shark movie. I'm expecting quite a lot of blood and a lot of violent deaths, a lot of teeth. And yeah, there was a little bit of it, but not really as much as you'd be expecting from a B movie. You're expecting like over the top gore and violence. And although it's there to a slight degree, it still keeps its PG 13 rating. And which is what they aim to do. They set out for box office gold to get the families in. And okay, if that's what you want to do, I mean, it's doing all right at the box office, but in terms of actually making a quality movie, they've let themselves down and they've really missed the trick. There could have been so much more to this film and I think that's where it started to go wrong. Okay, so something I want to know just quickly before I uh, before draw in Austin, what is the, the death toll like in this movie? Um, um, yeah, there's a fair few. If, um, a dozen? Yeah, there's, 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 several of the main characters are killed off. And then the shark goes on a bit of a rampage around the tourist spot later on, and there's several kind of pedestrians that are, that are murdered. Yeah, I'd say Can you call them pedestrians if they're in the sea? <laughs> sea, pedest- sea pedestrians. Sea pedestrians. pedestrians yeah. Floaters. <laughs> Chomps on a few floaters. I'd say about a dozen. Is that a death toll? Yeah, 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 around about that, yeah. Yeah, and a couple of whales. Yeah, well, rest in peace. <laughs> All right, Ozzy, uh, which side do you uh, land on? A little bit of both, actually. There was... Um... Like Gav's saying, it, it is exactly what it says on the tin. It was a action-packed shark movie, and uh, and and as far as that, as far as that goes, it was it was pretty entertaining. It was good, um, but equally, you know, it's the same where where Dave was saying is that there were kids in there who because I actually went to watch it with Dave, and I remember thinking, were you disappointed oh. by the lack of blood and violence? Uh, no, not actually. I didn't. I uh, didn't think it needed. The, uh, the the blood and violence are so many films where you know you could go over the top and they, they they definitely could have done in this and it wouldn't have been a problem but um i thought it was done pretty tastefully the lack of blood and and guts it that's, was, that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well it doesn't need to be sort of all-out horror and violence. how big is this shark about 80 foot massive so i suppose it's just like it gets swallowed whole so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, the, the, the lack of blood and guts didn't didn't matter. There was enough gore for you to go, oh, yeah, this is pretty gruesome. But, but just not enough to say Dave's bloodlust. Yeah. <laughs> I think if there was too much gore, it may, it may have fallen into the realms of the B-movie side of things, you know, where it had just been a little bit, this is just a little bit over the top. But Yeah, go on. My question is, is just can you not have both? Can you not have a B-movie sort of uh, shark film 
it's had a lot of money spent on it and has been turned into a sort of summer blockbuster. Can you not spend the same amount of money as you was on a generic sort of summer blockbuster action film and inject that into a, a B-movie film that people actually want to see? I'm sure you can, but this doesn't do it. it I think it does it incredibly <laughs> well. I mean, as you said, it was packed when you went to see it. It was sold out when I went to see it as well. People actually want to see this film. Well, we spent 140 million on marketing. It better, it better turn up something. Well, it is. Does, <laughs> does, does anybody know how much it costs to make? Was it an expensive film? 130 million to make, but Dave says that they've spent... 130 to 175, the official figure's not been released. 140 million on marketing. And then with other overheads and what have you, I believe it's got to make just shy of 400 million to break even. Is is that confirmed then? Um, I've not got the receipts. But <laughs> <laughs> Bring the receipts with you next time. You're supposed to be an accountant. <laughs> uh, but it's, so, well, so far, if we're talking about the, the box office, in its opening weekend alone, it made, uh, what, 40 million over in America, 97 million overseas. And that's just from like two, three days. Think about how much it's going to make over the next two, three weeks. Then, uh, you know, it could feasibly break even. Or it could peter out. It's too soon to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dave, do you want to pick up from your next point? Yeah, sure. So we've talked a little about the, the film, what it wanted to be in its genre. I'm just going to talk about the nitty gritty of the film a bit more. I'm going to talk about its script and its characters. The script is not good. It is not well written at all. And at some points it is just ludicrous. There are some points where at the very start, Gav mentioned um, that Jason Statham gets chewed out by the, the medic for leaving two divers on a submarine. Now, the fact that as soon as he detached the uh, the submersible from the submarine and it exploded mere seconds later, he's still given grief for like, you should have saved them, you should have done something, you're insane, you're a coward. And it's just like, seconds later, I, I, That's what up. I thought. But, uh, but later on in the film, they say that it blew up because he detached. Because I was like, oh, I was like, why is that guy giving him so much grief? It's just exploded in their face. But later on, he says that them detaching it resulted in the pressure and in it blowing up. I'm not so sure i'm not so sure um there's also this thing about you know the, the whole premise of how they release the megalodon they send a submersible down below this surface of hydrogen sulfur hydrogen sulfide that is correct yeah 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 the colorless gas at the bottom of the ocean yes steve <laughs> don't don't discredit the science okay okay I've, I've got more to say about this. This. no it hasn't that's the problem <laughs> why why not send a camera down that would be my first thing, into this uncharted depths, the lowest part of the ocean. Send a camera down or an unmanned sub or something. No, let's send a submersible with three people down, three buffoonish aquamarines. Let's send them down and see what happens. And the dialogue is terrible. Like, after one character is killed off, I do remember the line, we were just talking about science. Uh, this didn't go, go our way. Not for Toshi. Not for science. <laughs> it's like, you could have stopped at Toshi, to be honest with you. We're going to miss him. But it's, I think it's uh, there's other terrible bits of that. Just poorly thought out dialogue. It's like, if we can short out the firewall, I can probably reboot the computer. Now, most of the dialogue is filled with scientific jargon I don't quite understand, but I understand enough words in that to see that that is pretty much a meaningless sentence. And the script is just badly written and badly acted, I have to say. I think... Everyone turned up just for a paycheck. And you know what? Then no one is, is that bad, to be fair. But the script just doesn't give him a chance to develop any character or to give anything that's a level of a performance. Jason Statham is a great movie star, but he's not an actor. And he's not a particularly good actor, I should say. It's just... <laughs> does, he, does he use any of his fighting skills in this movie? Uh, he, he punches, punches a, good a few shark. Sharks, yeah, yeah, he punches a few sharks. <laughs> a, all in all, it's a very disappointing film that just tried to be smarter than it was. And I think it should have just tried to be either be one thing or the other. That's the big flaw. Do you think this film would do better or Jason Statham 
punching sharks just for an hour and a half. <laughs> Real sharks. No, but they, the thing is, they just is, drop them in a that. tank of sharks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, there's some animal rights activists that have something to say if Jason Statham just started punching sharks for an hour. <laughs> Okay, Gav. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to counter <laughs> Dave's point of why didn't you just send a, uh, a camera down? Robert Scott didn't send a camera when he was exploring the Antarctic. You know, like, they, they want to be the first people there. They want to explore it. They want to see it for themselves. You know, that's, a, that's understandable. There's stuff about the script as well and then the plot holes, you know, and like every sort of major action film has got, you know, plot holes. How many times have we spoken about plot holes before? You know, you're not, not going to kind of go into this film and expect it to be like a golden script you know like it's going to be oscar worthy script here you know you you, you get it might exactly be in the future or maybe yeah yeah maybe <laughs> this could be the very first oscar winner for popular film dave how would you feel about that um i think i'd be a bit of a disappointment waste of the category like i said infinity war came out this year guys true lest we true. forget so uh, i'm not gonna gonna lie here and say that the meg has a collection of well-written characters with rich backstories and well-plotted development i'm not gonna say that it doesn't rely on tired gender racial or ethnic stereotypes because it does but what i will say is no 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 <laughs> but, but the thing is is that like how many films have we reviewed before you know that i've got the exact same things you know it's like what i will say is that no one not one person that was in the cinema when you went to see it and when i went to see it is there to watch uh, the supporting characters you know you, you know my feelings on jurassic world and when i was watching this i i you know i thought a lot about jurassic world and but i can't even deny the popularity of that film and similarly to Jurassic World, it doesn't spend an unnecessary time, uh, amount of time developing characters when it knows the people are there essentially to see dinosaur-loaded action. And that's, that's what happens with the Meg. See, with the Meg, um, they're there to see a giant shark fuck shit up and Jason Statham deliver witty one line as well as beating the shit out of it. And that, that, is, that is exactly what you get. It delivers that 100%. So Jason Statham in this, I would argue to Dave, saying that he's not, he's not a very good actor, is the same type of actor as Arnold Schwarzenegger and even, I will say it myself, The Rock, as in you know exactly what you're going to get from that actor when you go to see a I film. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <laughs> Although The Rock has much more emotional depth. Uh, right, so the state is absolutely brilliant in this as the no-nonsense, hard-hitting... Is that a stoic- genuine nickname? I've never heard, heard anybody the call him The State. Have you never heard The State? Nope. Oh, mate, you missing out, man. The state, he's, he's been known as the state since he was an Olympic level diver, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so he, he plays the, the role of Jonas Taylor really well. His action pedigree is on full display here. He's blown up, battered, bruised throughout the entire film. You can tell he's been training really hard for this film as well because he looks in absolutely terrific shape and he performs a lot of his own stunts. As when a, doesn't he? Let's be fair. Exactly, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean like, he came on the screen with his eight pack out and I, I, I wasn't the only one who was fanning themselves. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm getting carried away here. Um, so, uh, as I said before, about his uh, Olympic-level diving experience, you know, you can tell that he performs a lot of his own stunts as well. And that's really... I, I've always found that really great to see. Similarly, as I was saying before about Mission Impossible 6, I think it's really kind of uh, impressive when you see an actor throwing themselves into that type of role and doing a lot of their own stunts. He also delivers... As we said before, that Ron Seal, you know what you're going to get. That action performance uh, with a little hint of comedy and emotion injected into it as well. I said before about stereotypes in action films, and this film is it basically has them in abundance. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, as Dave was saying. Like Much, much better films than this. Many of the best action films of all time have the exact same tired tropes and tired stereotypes like Lethal Weapon, Die Hard and Aliens. They've all got them. 
And they are just characters that are there in this film to drive the film forwards. We've got the ex-wife who left Statham after his spiral of depression, the doctor who's discredited him and has ruined his career, the love interest who doesn't want to fall in love with him, but she can't resist, the evil corporate asshole who gets his gruesome comeuppance, the wiser than the years adorable kids, the hardened best friends and the comedy sidekick. All of them are on full display here. But the thing is, is that like they're all very ably played by the cast and they're effective at what their job is, essentially, to drive the film forward. Nobody is there to watch these characters and how they interact with each other and how they interact with Statham. And nobody's going to go into it and say, like, oh, you know, scientist number two, I wanted him to have a lot more emotional range and a bit of a character progression. Nobody's thinking that. They are just devices that are put in that film to drive it forward. The real character of the film, the real character that people want to see is the Meg. Essentially, you're going to go and watch a shark film because you want to see a shark. And... The Meg just does not disappoint. The CGI in this is absolutely spectacular. Some of the scenes are just so kind of real life. And every scene with the shark in it is just absolutely exhilarating. And that is exactly what you want. If you're going to go and see a shark film, you want a shark who has got a big screen presence, larger than life, and is involved in really kind of action-heavy set pieces. And The Meg just does not disappoint. It delivers wholeheartedly on that. Okay. Dave, have you got any comebacks or are you okay to pass to Austin? Um, no, I'm, if we're getting closer statements, I'll I'll live with that. Okay. So, Ozzy, I, again, you, do you side with Gav or do you side with Dave? Do you think, uh, like, the shark looked good? Yes. Or do you, think, do you think the CGI was, was it obvious that it was CGI? Or? You know what? I actually think the CGI was incredibly good. They've clearly spent a lot of money making that shark look good. It it was real. It was, um, yeah, well, I, think, I think you could have believed that that was a real fish. Obviously, it doesn't look as good as Austin's T-shirt that he's no, wearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dressed up for the occasion, and I've made sure everyone on Instagram knows. So, um, but um, no, it was really good. I thought the shark looked fantastic. Um, the teeth about it were was good. Yeah. And what, what do you think of uh, Jason Statham? It sounds like to me like it was a little bit of a kind of very generic storyline. He's retired because shit's gone bad, but we need to get it him was, back. It was definitely not groundbreaking in the story front. Um, and I think both people agreed on that there. But And there were many times where the acting was sort of cringeworthy. Um, were there, any, me, were there but, ever any yeah. times when it was that bad that it kind of took you out of the film? Um, yes, I think there were a couple of times where where it happened. I can't remember the, the specific moments, but I, I do remember sort of stopping and going... Did that just happen? And then looking around, and um, I mean, Dave was there, and he was engrossed. So. <laughs> but, but did you did you enjoy it? I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I was sat next to Dave, and Dave definitely didn't. <laughs> but but I, had a, I had a really good time. I I genuinely had a lovely day out. Well, um, what do you think is better, this or Jurassic World Two? Ooh, I mean, Jurassic World Two is in another league. That's a great film. My yeah. God! <laughs> <laughs> if you were to, uh, um, it's tough because uh, the acting in this, like Dave if you said, take the acting good. aside and you just look at it, uh, oh, look at both action. of them as a monster movie. Would you say they're of similar quality, or would you say that Jurassic World Two is much better than this? Do you know? I think that's quite difficult. They are very different movies. Answer the man's question. I jumped quite a lot throughout the Meg. I thought the Meg did the jump bits. You knew it was coming. Yeah. And then it just held it off like a split second. And then, oh shit. 
and I jumped a few times. I didn't think I was going to because I was well prepared. I didn't want to look like a dick jumping in a fucking like little shark movie around these little. It's a big shark, man. It's eighty foot. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it got me. I thought they did it pretty well as a as an action like yeah. scary shark film. So but, ju- um, just yeah, something still- to uh, kind of end this off. How do they kind of deal with the sharks at the end? Do they get blown up as in Jaws or do they... Yeah, so so the the first shark, they inject it with um, a tranquilizer and then when they do that, they blow it up and then they kind of, um, they they pull it out the sea and they're doing the whole thing where they're posing next to it and they're like, oh, look at us, you know, we've got like the largest shark ever recorded here and we're all having a laugh. And then the second Meg, which they didn't know about, um, basically just jumps out and swallows the, the other Meg. It, it just basically eats the other Meg, knocks over the ship. They all go flying. Then it kills off a, a good few members of the cast. And then um, you know, they, they're just basically trying to kill that one. So they're trying to follow it around, trying to blow it up. Uh, I think uh, Rain Wilson, who plays the corporate asshole, he tries to blow it up, but then he realizes that he just <laughs> he kills, he, a he kills a whale <laughs> instead, and then he gets eaten. And then it goes on a rampage later on, and then Statham takes it out basically by um, his, <laughs> his, 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 his one man army. He has this, this little um, he stabs it in the house kicker. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. he slices it from like its mouth through yeah. to its tail Jesus Christ and then um, he does that with his machine and then what's the other he stabs it in the eye with like a harpoon yeah what a scene but, but it's, it's not dead then it's, it's still like kind of thrashing around but yeah. because of all the blood that it spilled oh, all yeah, of the yeah. other sharks um, basically so all the smaller sharks or I say smaller the regular sized sharks start eating it then so essentially shark was defeated by shark yeah, nature like versus of, nature the circle of life exactly it's complete brilliant circle <laughs> of life is complete <laughs> But my mind's just been completely blown. <laughs> so, what a fantastic ending. Uh, uh, we'll wrap up with some closing statements, shall we? Uh, Dave, do you want to go first this time? Yeah, I can safely say this is not even the best prehistoric monster movie I've seen this summer. <laughs> it lives in the shadow of Jaws, which casts such a shadow, not even Megalodon can step out of it. And it's not that action-packed. This is actually a surprisingly dull movie. Gav said people turned up to see a shark fuck things up. They'll be sorely disappointed. It doesn't actually happen that much. I wanted it to take down one of those helicopters or do something spectacular. It's a shark. Nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened. The shark did not fuck things up to the extent that I would expect it to for a b-movie of this caliber so it's not ron seal what it promised to do what it what was on the tin wasn't what i got when i opened it up i expected paint i got turpentine <laughs> and, it was, and it was past its best there's been so, so many kind of turp related jokes in this episode what did you want did the shark to have a machine gun and just jump out of the water and yeah, I, I, I would have felt i had my money's worth actually i thought the shark was going to jump out of the water and get that uh, those helicopters as well yeah solely I, disappointed I, I, I think you've been watching too much jurassic world well to that's, be honest. that's that, that was the scene i was expecting yeah, actually was the full-on Okay, Gav, if you mention the word Terps or Ron Seal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. Uh, So this film is just an incredibly fun action film that never takes itself too seriously and delivers exactly what you'd expect. Fast-paced, shark-heavy action with a healthy amount of comedy involved. It's got enough scares to keep you going as well. It doesn't need to be R-rated. It doesn't need to have blood and gore. It keeps you entertained throughout. This film takes everything that is so enjoyable about a B-movie shark film and injects the money of a blockbuster into it, resulting in a very fun but explosive film. And it's 
opening weekend alone, it made 40 million in America and it made 97 million overseas. You can pit plot holes, you can criticize characters or the story, uh, but the thing is, the film delivers exactly what it says it will, and audiences, myself included, found it incredibly fun. Basically, the ultimate Ron Seal film. <laughs> <laughs> healthy paint, healthy paint. We're not sponsored by Ron Seal, by the way. Yeah. We need to be, fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> Fredo's first. <laughs> so, uh, so Joel, while you're coming to your decision about which list <laughs> hit the film should be placed on, <laughs> I think it's time for a little bit of a quiz. And Austin, this week... Oh my God, you're looking at me so puzzled as if you haven't even written a quiz. <laughs> which is funny you should say that. <laughs> I didn't actually. I totally forgot to read our uh, project management tool to do a quiz. But that's all right, because... I've got the internet and I'm going to make up five shark quiz questions <laughs> on the spot. Okay. okay. And here right. we go. This is going to be good. Yeah. Okay. So question one. Also, Gav's internet is incredibly bad. So <laughs> yeah, blame the internet, yeah, not yeah, the fact yeah. that you've had an entire week to create this quiz. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been busy. Man. I've been busy. All right. So, I, so I think this is this is a quiz that Austin is going to call Meg or Smeg. Yeah. <laughs> Are these facts about sharks true or false? And here we go. So everyone knows that sharks have several sets of replaceable teeth. Mm-hmm. How many teeth? Does the megal did the megalodon have in its lifetime? Ooh. In its lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So the nearest one is gonna win. How how long did they live for, roughly? Uh, okay, okay. Are um, we talking about baby teeth as well? Yeah. Baby <laughs> baby shark. Do, 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 do. Uh, um I, I'm gonna say uh, seventy. Seventy teeth. Seventy I'm teeth. I'm gonna say they had three thousand three hundred teeth. Three thousand three hundred teeth. I'm gonna go with three hundred and sixty nine. Oh, well, if we were going to go for how many teeth are on there at any one time, Joel would be the winner. 276 teeth is the most teeth they expected. However, they were replaced throughout their lifetime. And it's still Joel because they don't don't live for a massive amount of time because they're so fucking big. So I'm sorry, mate. That's actually, this one's been around for like millions of years. It's under the Well, I mean, if we were going to use that one, then you would definitely be the winner. But according to Fossil Era... We're not expecting it to be more than a... Very reputable source as well. Well, that's it, yeah. No, they probably don't. (laughs) So, the Megalodon is is classed as a shark, according to the Meg. Who is its closest related modern-day ancestor? Or whatever it's called. The whale. So it's got to be a great white, hasn't it? Uh, I'm going to say a a Baskin shark. A Baskin shark. Well, in actual fact, it is uh, the Otodus shark. Oh, fuck. That was a trick question. That was going to be my second really guess. Yeah. I thought it was a trick question shark. because you were like, shark? Yeah, you know, well, like, it's not going to be a shark. Well, like, tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst quiz I've ever Fucking come chicken, up with. Chicken. <laughs> and then, um, okay, this brings us back into the whole thing. This is actually, I knew this one anyway. It's just the final. It's going to be the final question. Okay, okay. And it's really just a statement to tell Dave <laughs> with his bloody fake science here that the <laughs> hydrogen sulfide does it rise or sink when it is placed in water sink 
Gonna go with sink unless this film sink. is bullshit. Say sink as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hydrogen sulfide is a lot denser than water, and it would sink to the bottom of the ocean and create a fine layer that, will that, that fills the top of a trench. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Dave. Science man, you just science. been science bitch. Uh, that was the worst quiz ever. I'm really sorry about that. That was really bad. Yeah, that was pretty shit. Yeah. To be honest, sorry, man. <laughs> I totally forgot that I had to do it, and um, I've let everyone down. I've let you down. I've let my family I, I, down. I, you know, after Dave raised I've the bar the fans so recently with, with quiz. And uh, I've got a note here on my phone. Do a good quiz. <laughs> That's all it says. Do a good quiz. That, that pep talk that you've been giving yourself every morning for the past yeah. week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, well, thank sorry. you very much for that, Ozzy. <laughs> I'll, do the, I'll do next week's quiz okay, and right, I'll do yeah. it good. All right. Well, um, to be honest, this film sounds equal parts of shit and fun. And if there was like a list for a shit hit film, I'd probably put it on that. To be honest, but I'm I'm honestly kind of very torn here. But I think, like for, from what everybody has said, I'd want to watch it. So I'm, I am going to put it on the hit list. But <laughs> I, I, I could I could I could live to regret it. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if okay. it is shit then I'll be coming for Gav <laughs> okay so uh, genuine opinions Dave um, I actually didn't hate it to be honest with you it was it was okay um, but I stand by what I said you either go one or two ways with a, with a sharp movie this went neither it went down the middle and that's where it came undone I, I stand by what I said but I didn't hate the film it was okay yeah I hated the film. <laughs> I thought it was fucking awful. Honestly, like, like when we went to buy the tickets, uh, the, the guy at the counter was like, oh, yeah, yeah you, you better go in now, you know, forego buying your popcorn and get that in a minute. Go and get your seats because it's sold out and you'll be able to sit together. And I was laughing like, oh, yeah, go on, mate, whatever. And we got in there and it was jam-packed. And like throughout the entire film, the audience was like laughing and clapping and gasping. And I was like, am I watching the same film here? This is fucking terrible. What was better, Rampage or The Meg? Oh, they were both awful awful and i can't believe i've had to defend both of them but at least <laughs> rampage had the rock in it so you know that, i suppose that wins but, but you won the match. oh shit if, you, if thought... you've gone for rampage then <laughs> I, thought... I, I might change my mind i'm surprised you I actually thought, liked like, it i really enjoyed it yeah, yeah right. it was just oh, fine. No, i just thought like was... everything i said before about yeah. the uh, gender and the racial and the ethnic stereotypes were just absolutely terrible you know but you know oh. what you're gonna get you you already knew when you went in that's what sort of film it was. The racist. acting was the acting was <laughs> yeah, terrible. You knew it was so. going to be racist. You knew it was going to be sexist. <laughs> the, the the film was you know you knew it was bad acting. You knew what was coming. It yeah. was just about the shark and the jumps. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's too much to expect a little more these days. I think yeah. it's been done many times before, and it's not it what was the just the old tired cliches though. And yeah, think, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it is time to up the bar a little bit. And you know, with a budget of this size, this should have been the film to up the bar. Yeah, it could yeah. have been. The Avengers of the Shark World. Easy. Yeah, it's yeah. really. If this would have come out, us all down. If this would have come out in the late nineties, nobody would have been asked. It yeah, just would have yeah. been like, okay, yeah, that, that's the type of film that you'd expect. Two thousand eighteen to release a film of the script of that quality is just unacceptable with that budget behind it. To be honest, but enjoy it at the cinema, Joel. I honestly hope you'll probably love it. To be honest, because you love Jurassic World, I, it, I, do, it does sound. To be honest, though, like uh, a lot of films that do well at the box office end up getting a sequel. So. And isn't uh-huh. there like multiple books? There are, there's yeah. about seven books. Yeah, so I wouldn't be, I, this is a franchise. I hope, I hope that there isn't a sequel. I really enjoyed that, but I hope that there isn't a sequel. 
There's okay, no guys, way that's going to be any good. Higher or lower than our previous bonus episode, Incredibles 2, which lower. before you say was 8.1 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> Significantly lower. It's been absolutely slated. Critically. I'm going to go for 5.5. Are we going for the critic scores or the other? Oh, well, just the oh. IMDb score, so that oh, takes right. in so critical like and audience responses. Oh. So six on the nose, 6.0. Oh, I'm going to say lower. I don't know, 5.3. Joel? Rising. Yeah. I've said 5.5. I wasn't listening to you, yeah. so boring. Uh, <laughs> 6.2 out of 10. So, oh, really? Well. Yeah, Dave. That's good. There. That's all right. But the thing is, once again, as Joel was saying, critics absolutely hate it, but it's got quite a positive audience response so far. I just... uh, not from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, isn't it? Oh, so no, it's, okay. low on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's like 48% or something. Oh, is it? When oh, you it? think the people who've been to see it already, this opening weekend, are the people that wanted to see it, that like shark <laughs> yeah. movies, and they've given it 48%. Yeah. I think it just goes oh. to show you, this this isn't a good film. But can I, can I just say, to, when we make these episodes, we we vote as a group and decide what film to go and watch. Yeah. I did not vote for this fucking film to begin with. I did not vote for this either. I didn't vote for this. Oh, no, somebody must have. <laughs> somebody did. must have voted for this. I, I did, and I run the uh, poll. <laughs> okay, I spent more time fixing that poll than I did doing the quiz. Okay, okay guys, guys, before we put a nail in the coffin of the Meg, uh, just to say that uh, we have done a caption contest this week again and uh, obviously uh, what we do is we take a screenshot of the film and we ask all of our friends and followers on Twitter to provide a caption with the best one winning a chocolatey frogletty treat a nice freddo so you guys have just basically got to pick the funniest caption uh, the still is I think it's Cliff Curtis sat on the edge of the boat and he's looking out and the Meg is jumping out of the sea with its mouth agape uh, so you guys have just basically got to say which is the funniest caption here? Starting off with, that's not a shark. This is a shark. <laughs> uh, number two, dudes, you need a breath mint. Uh, number three, <laughs> five gold drinks. <laughs> uh, next one, let's free Willy. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, next one. Welcome to SeaWorld. First, I'll demonstrate with Meg giving me a kiss on the cheek. She is so sweet. Um, okay. The next one we've got is microwave ding shark. Oh shit! Are the pizza rolls done, guy? Damn it, Meg! For the last time, these are my pizza rolls. <laughs> uh, the next one. Uh, you're gonna need a bigger ocean. Hey. Uh, next one. I, I think it's in the style of Kool Aid guy. Oh yeah! <laughs> and the last one is it's too late to get a bigger boat. <laughs> so what do you guys reckon? Mm. Um, I'm gonna go for pizza rolls. I think. Yeah, I was thinking. I think pizza rolls got the biggest laugh, didn't it? Pizza rolls. Yeah. Okay. I so, think they put a lot of effort into that. It feels like a bit of a story of their life. They did. <laughs> it's like a full Having conversation. Your pizza rolls stolen by a giant shark. Yeah. yeah. Or somebody it's called. It's so Meg. relatable. Or someone called Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Well done uh, to our good friends. Work life in balance podcast. You've just won yourselves a nice Freddo. Nice okay, so um, yeah, before we close things off, um, just to say that we have picked the next bonus episode out of the hat, or uh, essentially we voted for it, haven't we? Put them all in a hat. Well, we so we think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> this might be an Aussie special again. Uh, yeah. uh, and we've picked it, and it's going to be in September, The Predator. Uh, so we've also we've picked the roles out of the hat at random, and in prosecution is going to be Brucey. In defence is going to be me again. Uh, judge <laughs> yourself, Ozzy. Meaning character witnesses are going to be Dave and Joel. So looking forward to that one. Um, just to say before we close off, we started doing promos for other podcasts, but instead we decided what we're going to do is just do a very short, brief sort of um, talk about our podcasts that we've listened to recently. And I think was it or was it me again? <laughs> 
Oh, I just thought you had the list down. Are you, what are you going to talk about? Sorry. I... Okay. Uh, no, yeah. So uh, I've been listening to one called For Better or Worse. Uh, so good friends of ours on Twitter. They're very engaging as well. So do follow them on Twitter at FBOWpod. Uh, so it's basically, it's a couple, Aaron and Jason, and they watch a film and they review it each week. And basically they just, they talk about the film. It's uh, very, very funny. They've often got very contrasting views and it's essentially it's a kind of trying to uh, listen to the show whilst they bicker through... Uh, because <laughs> they're, they're, they're an actual couple, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's what so you I comes wonder across, if they'll that. survive the podcast, because our friendship is <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly thin. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll have to tell us, Jason and Aaron, if you actually do uh, get through yeah, to... Uh, uh, I mean, how many podcasts have we done now? We're on 60. 60? 60, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I started hating you guys about uh, episode 6, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, Jason and Aaron, please let us know uh, how you guys feel after 60 episodes. But, yeah, do please check them out for better or worse. Yeah, I like because they talk about films where they saw separately, didn't they? Like, when they were teenagers yeah. or whatever. So that's quite interesting as well to get proper contrasting views oh yeah definitely so they'll often bring like films that they that they absolutely loved from their childhood and they'll introduce the other person to it and they'll you know see in this day and age 2018 what they thought of it now Uh, so it's very very interesting Uh, so yeah just before we close things off just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode and to all of our previous episodes and bonus episodes you can catch them on your favourite podcast platform whether it be Spotify iTunes or whatnot or you can catch us on our website filmsontrial.co.uk why not follow us on Twitter at Film Trials there you can suggest a film to us to put on trial and we will whack it in the hat and get round to reviewing it sooner or later uh, also while you're on Twitter why not check out our good friends and collaborators Austin Ray and Winston Sang that's our bold music producer and our not bold graphic artist respectively <laughs> uh, they are at Aussie Ray and at the underscore quirks also check us out on Facebook Captain Dave organises that and he's been doing a number of good things recently including some good quizzes so give us a follow on that <laughs> <laughs> and follow us on Instagram which is looked after by our good friend Austin here and he does a whole host of things including taking pictures of which outfits he wears yeah, it's to pretty the much, episodes it's pretty much just pictures of me coming to the podcast <laughs> pictures of me leaving the podcast <laughs> that's it really and uh, we've been trying to get our youtube channel up off the ground which is looked after by joel so please do check that one out we're going to have a couple of videos hopefully in the next few weeks so please keep your ears and eyes to the ground uh, so thank you very much everybody the meg is on the hit list somehow and we will be in your ears <laughs> next time round with predator thank you and goodbye 